Thank you for listening to our podcast today here at Word of Life. Our prayer is that when you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. We want to make sure you know all about our new online campus. Visit thelifeonline.cc to find our brand new platform where you can find short messages on topics like prophecy, forgiveness, healing, and so much more. Each month, we release multiple new series for you to be able to grow in the knowledge of God and the Bible. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. We're in a series entitled Summer Reading, where we're just going over books that have kind of shaped and formed my life. These are kind of books that uh, I read almost every year. Uh, I like to read 21 pages a day, uh, no matter what day it is, 21 pages a day. Somebody says, why 21? Because I saw that through doing that, if I read 21 pages a day, typically I can average a book a week for just personal growth. And of course, I read a lot more than that for messages. Uh, So many books I'll read um, multiple times. Uh, There are some books I read every year. Uh, the, the book that we gave out last week, uh, Andy Stanley's books on, uh, on giving is one that I read every year. It's a quick book. You can read it very quickly. Uh, but there's another book that I want to talk to you about today uh, by Miles Monroe. Uh, and Miles Monroe is someone who literally God used to shape uh, and form my life. Um, I am so thankful to have met him and to have the chance to minister with him. Uh, But when I was a young man, uh, I really began to uh, face a lot of challenges. Uh, When you decide to become a dreamer and to do something with your life, immediately it will come under attack. And when my father passed away, I had all of these dreams of what my life could be. I felt God's genuine call on my life to come back and start this church, and, um, and, or not start it, but take it over and uh, build a new church on Lakeland Drive and had all of these ideas of what it could look like, all of these dreams and things. Uh, but whenever you decide to, to step out of the boat, there will be wind and waves. There will be things that come for your dream. Uh, There will be attacks that come for the word, Uh, and God is constantly sowing the word into our hearts. When God sows the word in your heart, typically it comes in the form of visions and dreams, and I'm not being um, super spiritual when I say visions and dreams, like putting your head on a pillow and having a dream or praying and seeing a vision. I'm just talking about God as a God who will show you glimpses of your future. Um, faith doesn't see life as it is, it sees life as it could be. Faith always contradicts sight. Um, It always sees what could be. Sight sees what is, faith sees what could be. Uh, And so when God is sowing the word in Mark chapter 4, it's showing you what life could be. And Mark 4 teaches us that whenever that vision or dream comes in our heart, immediately adversity will arise for the dream's sake, for the word's sake, to get that seed out of you, uh, to to get that idea out of you. And so I came back to to Jackson, Mississippi, uh, with a dream in my heart as a young man of what could come out of my life, and adversity hit my life. And it was greater adversity than I'd ever seen before, and I began to face all of these types of things. And in the process of this, all of these things that I, I, I thought I could do, and honestly, I thought I must do, I, I began to drop those things as things that I didn't have to do, or things that were unnecessary for me, or things that were too good to be true. 
and my dreams began to diminish. And at that point, I was not thinking about, like, taking over the city for God. I was thinking about, let me just survive. And this uh, false contentment entered into my soul. Uh, There is a contentment that is of God, and what contentment of God is is you choosing not to delay joy for a future season of life. Uh, if you're walking in true divine contentment, it's, it's not saying, well, when I have this, then I'll be happy or I'll be joyful. And when there's a godly contentment, it's like, no, I can, I can have joy in every season of life. But there is a false contentment uh, that can arise in our hearts uh, that wants to keep everything the way it is and just kind of hold on to this moment. Uh, while God is calling us to produce more. And I was in kind of this rut, uh, honestly, for about a year and a half, and my life went through a a series of (laughs) transformative moments. And one of them was when I read this book uh, by Miles Monroe called Releasing Your Potential. And when I read this book by Miles Monroe, something just blew up in my heart. And I was so thankful that before he passed, I actually had the chance to tell him thank you for writing that book. Uh, Because I can honestly say, especially the first 90 pages of that book, literally changed my life. Uh, In the forward of the book, it actually begins with this scripture. I'll invite you to turn uh, to it with me in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28. Um, In Genesis 1 and verse 28, uh, the book states that this is the first and the forgotten commandment. Uh, This is the first and forgotten commandment. I like that. How many of you know God's never given a suggestion? Uh, If you want to, uh, you know, that kind of thing. God's not a God of suggestions. God's a God of commandments. And of course, we're very mindful of those commandments, or at least we should be. But this one is often one that we forget. And it's funny we forget it because it's the first one. And it is found in Genesis chapter 1 in verse 28. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Notice this. Subdue it. Bring the earth under control. Uh, He says, rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Um, He said the earth will need subduing. Uh, It will need controlling, that you will have to come into the earth and everything you need on the earth is there, but you will have to take the table out of the tree. Uh, that you will not have covering, but everything you need for covering is there for you to create. How many of you know God's a creator? So creative. And he made you in his image and in his likeness. And he built a world that had in it everything you needed to create. Uh, And what often happens is when we're becoming forgetful of the the first and forgotten commandment is we are allowing the earth to subdue our dreams instead of our dreams to subdue the earth. And what is out here begins to set the limitations for what can happen from in here instead of this creating the boundaries of our lives out here, that this begins to control us of what we can be Uh, of what we could do, 
instead of this being revealed. Uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 16 uh, says this. This is very interesting to me. It says the earth is literally crying out for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. That there is something that is to be manifested out of you. Something that is to come out of you. And what's amazing is that we live in a, a world today where we can see so much that has come out of people. Uh, here we have uh, Pastor David and Nita. Uh, this facility came out of them. Like what, what God did, this came out of someone. The microphone I'm preaching on, it came out of someone. Uh, the chairs you're sitting on, it came out of someone. Uh, the speakers you're hearing me on, they came out of someone. The lights that we're seeing, they came out of someone. Why? Because in us is the potential to create. Uh, it is the, the commandment that is wired in your DNA. Produce something in the earth. Take the earth and put it in your control and create something. Manifest something. Bring something out of yourself and into the world. Uh, and we see this, that everything, and for those of you who are taking notes, I'll relay mine uh, to make it easy for you to write down. Everything that God made was designed to produce more than what you see. Everything that God made was designed to produce more than what you see. Uh, you'll, you'll go outside and you'll see a tree, but think of all the things that could come out of the tree. Think about all the things that have come out of the tree. Uh, think about the boats that have been made. Uh, think about the fires that have been made from trees, of people warming their homes and receiving warmth and life of something that God made. Yes, it's beautiful, but it could be even more. Uh, think about uh, the desk or the floors that are in some of your homes of what came out of that tree because everything that God made has the potential to produce more. If it's a, a bee, it's not just a bee. Honey can come out of that bee. Uh, if it's a flower, it's not just beautiful, but pollen can come out of that, which, you know, can make honey, but also make a sneeze. Uh, all of these other types of things. But things are, everything that God made has the power to produce more. A chicken can produce more chickens. Um, it can grow. It can develop. It starts as something of, of just an egg, but then that egg is designed to be more than what you see. It can become a, a chicken, uh, and then that chicken can produce another chicken because everything that God made is designed designed to produce more than what you see. I think about uh, before it was a tree, what was it? It was a seed. And I actually have some seeds today. I've got some pumpkin seeds and some watermelon seeds. And it's amazing uh, that uh, uh, anybody enjoying watermelons uh, here lately? I got one the other day from Whole Foods and it was absolutely amazing. It, it, it just made my tongue want to slap my brains out. Uh, so good, seedless, but perfection. I, they say the secret to finding a good watermelon is to look for one that still has like a yellow kind of dirty belly, uh, and then you thump it and it sounds hollow. The issue that I had that day was they all had a little yellow belly, and they all sounded the same to me. Uh, but anyway, it's amazing, you know, when you look at a watermelon, uh, you see something so big come out of this. Uh, that when you would look at this, you could look at it as something so insignificant and something that seemingly uh, could provide almost no benefit. And you could throw it away. Uh, you could just leave it on a desk. 
and it could die with its potential still left in it. Uh, Because in this is something far more than what you see. And we know it. And so you have people who, who, who will take this and they will put it, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's okay. They will put it in the right environment. And when it gets in the right environment with time, it becomes far more than what you see because within it is the power to produce something that is wonderful. And why is it, um, and this is the premise of Miles' book, why is it that each one of us could see something so great coming out of something so small, but yet we can't see anything great coming out of ourselves? That if something as simple as this has the the power and the potential in it, Uh, to create literally a big old juicy, not just watermelon, but watermelons. That if that God hardwired it to produce that, why is it that we would limit ourselves? I began to think about that even this week when I was preparing and writing this message. And I think it's amazing how so many people are like this watermelon seed, and what they're doing is is they're looking at all the trees and the watermelons around them, and they're marveling. We live in a society that marvels at trees and watermelons, and uh, we look at other people, and we're like, wow, they're so talented. Wow, they're so amazing. So much so that we have a culture that, like, wants to be in a photo with them. Uh, that we so lack identity that we'll wear someone else's. I want to, to wear a Jordan brand uh, so that I can put someone else's greatness on me in hopes that maybe somebody will see mine. We marvel at the trees and the watermelons around us and at the lives around us, and we critique and we judge all that has been produced from man. And if I had that, or if I had this, or if I had that, uh, what I would be doing with these types of things. And we become uh, either judgeful of what other people have been able to produce, um, and we compare ourselves with them. And we say, well, if I had that, you know what I would do with that? Or we become shameful. Uh, over uh, what we have been unable to produce. Because we spend so much time looking without ourselves that we never look within ourselves to see what God has put in us. There is more in this than meets the eye. And there is so much more in you than what meets the eye. Uh, You have no idea what God could bring forth out of you. Uh, But as long as you're looking at what everyone else is producing and you're never looking to see what God has put in you, never taking the time to dream, constantly living with heads down time and and running around with tasks and chores and do's and don'ts, but never really mining the desires of your own heart and the potential that's within your own heart. Friend, I'm telling you, there is more in you than you could ever possibly imagine. You have a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or think. I remember so vividly one day, I was sitting back and I was, uh, there was this magazine 
It's called Outreach Magazine. And it had like the, the top 100 fastest growing churches in America and like all these other types of things. And it would have the articles on like all these other pastors and all these other ministries. And I was just sitting there daydreaming of like, you know what I would do if I had that? That type of facility or that type, you know, all these types of things. And so, so gently, but so strongly as well, uh, like, uh, you know, a velvet hammer uh, just came crashing down in my, my spirit. And the, the Lord said, Joel, would you please stop daydreaming of, an, of another man's life and live a life that other people would be tempted to daydream of? There's more in you. And this book uh, literally rescued that. Of all of these dreams turned into, I don't have to's. And all of these desires turned into, ah, it's okay to just settle for this. And all of this idea of what God could do through word of life, it's like, you know, it's actually okay if we stay here on Highway 18. Like, it's a great facility. Let's just keep this the way it is. Let's just really strive to keep this. And instead of birthing something out of me, let me maintain something that was birthed out of another man. Uh, and so out of these things, like I, I felt vision dying in me. And this book made me look at things like this and think, well, wait a minute. If God designed this to be so much more than what it is, uh, that in every seed, every acorn is a giant oak tree, but not just a, a giant oak tree, that in an acorn could be a forest of trees uh, if it kept releasing its potential. What could come out of me if I release mine? And it made me go into a season where I saw uh, the, the burden of potential. And I, I really like that phrase that Miles uses of the burden of potential because there was actually a part of me, and it's funny, I've seen this happen, especially the, the more God has blessed word of life with size. Uh, I see this happening uh, a lot, and I see this happening in, in other ministries uh, and things like this as well, as people will begin to almost think that it is prideful to release greatness. Uh, and it is prideful to strive to become more. Um, and what the Lord really began to show me, it is not prideful to pursue greatness. It is irresponsible not to. Uh, and I want you to get that so deep in your spirit. It is irresponsible of you to die with something still in you. Uh, what if the trees decided, you know what, we're not going to produce any oxygen today? Uh, what if they stopped giving up themselves to be able to become more? What if, what if the, the, all the animals said, you know what, we're just tired, I'm not needed, no one needs me, we won't produce any, any more of us, we'll just go over here in the desert and be alone, not add anything to any rancher or farmer or anybody's table. What if, what if the, all the watermelon seeds in the earth said, you know what, no one, no one likes watermelons anymore. I'm not seen. No one appreciates me. No one notices me. And it develops all of these excuses to be unnecessary, to not be seen, noticed, or to release what is in it. What if every seed right now in the earth said, you know what, there's no need for wheat. Who needs us? Who needs this? Who needs this to release what's it? How much would it rob the world of what we absolutely need? 
But yet how many people can see the value of a seed of wheat releasing its wheat, but can't see the value of them living out their hopes and dreams and producing the ministries we need, the books that we need, the children that we need, the marriages that we need, the prayers that we need, the teachings that we need, the buildings that we need, the businesses that we, in our community, my goodness, we need some people with dreams, dreams of what Jackson could be, dreams of what Ridgeland could be, dreams of what Mississippi could be, dreams of what our state could be, dreams of what our region could be, dreams of what could come out of us. Uh, We need some people that can see that, yes, it may be small, but if we get the right environment, it's amazing what can come out of us. But until you love yourself enough, until you value what is this enough to get it in its right environment, it won't matter uh, what is in it. It will die with trap potential. And I love what Miles, uh, you know, says is the richest place in all the world is not the diamond mines of South Africa. It's not Silicon Valley in in, uh, California. The richest place in all the world is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard, you have businesses that were never started and books that were never written, songs that were never sung and poems that were never released and art that was never painted. In the graveyard, you have all of these dreams that died because like exactly where I was, I thought, you know, at one time I was so hopeful of what could be. And I was coming to a place where it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be. I don't have to. Not seeing what could come out of me. And I made a decision like right then and right there uh, that I will release my potential. And I began to fight for it again, and I began to dream for it again, and I began to pursue it again. In every seed, there is trap potential. And in every person you see in this facility today, there are things that are in them that they have yet to bring to the earth. And I don't care who you are, when you're looking around today, just like you see this seed, that there's so much that could come out of it, When you look around the room today and you look around the the Costco, if you go to Costco or the restaurants you'll visit after this or the the homes you go into and see the people there, there is so much in them that God destined them to release on the earth. And we must believe that and we must fight for that. Now now here's one of the things that I I would like you to take notes on uh, is that a seed in the wrong environment is only the promise of a tree. Uh, You have to get the seed in the right environment to see what it could be. Uh, One of the things that God uses to to do this is people. And so in 2014, I received an invitation uh, to um, go preach at a Bob Harrison Increase event. And uh, the keynote speaker was Miles Monroe. And uh, I had the privilege of going before him. I am so thankful I did not have the responsibility of going after him Uh, because Miles is one of uh, the most uh, articulate uh, vessels uh, that God placed on the earth to stir up the potential of, of mankind. 
um, and just had so much respect for Miles, and uh, I, I was uh, beyond nervous to have him sitting there on the front row uh, listening to me teach. And uh, after uh, he came up to me, we were in the speaker's room, and he came up to me, and he shook my hand. He was much shorter in person. Uh, it's amazing, like you, you imagine people, like when you say, and you, like they're just giant people and, you know, larger than life. Uh, and he was so much shorter uh, in person. Uh, but he walked up to me, uh, and he put his, uh, he shook my hand, and he said, that was a great message. And then he let go of my hand, and he put his finger in my chest, and he said, who are you? Uh, and so I, I told him, I'm like, my name is Joel Sims. I was really nervous. Uh, so I went over like all the highlights of my life, told him my full story. And my father and mother, you know, uh, you know, started the church. And my father died when I was 17. And like I knew it sitting in science class, like a 30-minute message, like right there on the backstory. Uh, and I told him in 2011, this was 2014 and 2011, like we built a facility that my father saw and told him like a lot of this was based off of your book, Releasing Your Potential. I knew that building was in me, uh, but there was a, a time uh, that I so gave up on it that I thought I didn't, it didn't have to be. I knew it was in me, but there was a time where I didn't think it had to be. And I said, your book helped me with that. And said, we opened up that facility on April 17th, uh, 2011, which happened to be 10 years after the day my father died. My father died on April 17th, 2001. And on Sunday, April 17th, 2011, we opened up that facility. And I was just giving him thanks for helping me. We all need help. And he smiled at me. And he said, who are you? His finger's still in my chest. I'm like, I thought I just told you. Like, I thought I communicated, like, literally everything about me. And he told me something I never will forget. A couple of weeks after this, he passed away. Um, but he told me something I'll never forget. He said, Joel, everything you just told me was in your past. Who are you? Is that all there is, or is there more in you? And I smiled at him. I said, there is more. And I just, I, I feel so impressed uh, that for so many of you today, we have yet to see the manifestation of the son and daughter of God, and the world is crying out for it. It is crying out for you to be all that God made you to be. It is crying out for you to release all that God has called you to release. And when you do, it will make the world better. It will make our communities better. It will make the kingdom of God better. It will strengthen and facilitate ministries. It will, will bless the earth. Uh, it is not um, prideful for you to release that greatness. It is irresponsible for you not to. Uh, and out of these things, I, I began to like really mind that. And, and Miles talked about something, and I'll close with this, of like the seed outside of it in its environment will always have uh, trap potential. 
that for a seed to release what is on the inside of it, it needs to get in the right environment. And he said, four things make up your environment. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. And if you're not taking notes, you can still write it down. Uh, Number one, who you live with. Number two, who you keep company with. Number three, where you spend your time. And number four, what you feed your mind. Who you live with, who you keep company with, where you spend your time, and what you feed your mind. Uh, Real quickly, let's turn over to Mark 6. Mark 6, and and we'll begin to close with this. Mark 6 and verse number 1. Jesus went out from there and came into his own hometown. His disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many listeners were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is this wisdom given to him? Such miracles are performed by his hands. Is this uh, not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown and among his own relatives and in his own household. Now notice verse 5. And he could do no miracle there except that he laid hands on a few sick folk and healed them. Now notice it didn't say he wouldn't. It said he couldn't. Uh, So here you see Jesus. He has the capacity to produce more. But in this environment, it was limiting him. Uh, The environment that Jesus was in was limiting Jesus' ability to produce. And my question is, if his environment could limit his potential, what is your environment doing to yours? Now, if we can put up those four things again on the screens, uh, the four things, who we live with, who we associate with, where we spend our time, and what we feed our mind. Um, What do you see that was impacting Jesus and, and stopping his potential from being released? It was what? The people that he was around. Their atmosphere of a lack of honor for him, uh, the atmosphere of a lack of faith in him, was stopping him from producing who he was. And for so many of us, um, it will be people who will unlock us. Uh, Miles Monroe, that day, uh, I never will forget it, unlocked something in me. I had felt so even accomplished at, the, at that age in 2014 uh, that I, 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 at that time, did not see multi-campuses, and I, I didn't see this, and I didn't see Fondren, and I didn't see, um, you know, phase two. I, I honestly was at that season of life where the, the ministry was debt-free, and like, I just didn't see anything else, and this was a process of God unlocking something in me. You have to get around people who will do that. Uh, This is why that first one, who you live with, is such a strategic advantage. One of my greatest strategic advantages in life was my parents. My mom told me all the time, let me tell you who you are, Joel. The Lord told us to have you and told us to name you Joel Nathan, two prophets. Joel, Jehovah is the Lord. You will stand up and you will tell people, Jesus is Lord. And on you will rest the power of God. And she would tell me some other things and constantly telling me these things. And you know what? 
I'll give you a little secret. I believe it. And there are things that people have put on you, labels that they put on you. And for some of you, uh, that label that has been put on you from childhood and the environment that you're around, instead of bringing potential out of you, it keeps you trapped looking at the trees and seeing yourself as just a seed. And we all need to be people who, who create an environment of belief. I'm reading a book right now called Multipliers. I'm, I've read it before. I'm reading it again. And it's talking about how when you get in a right environment in a workplace, it will unlock the potential of the work within people. And one of the first things that that environment must bring is belief. Uh, I was talking to, to David White uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was hearing me hear this, tell the story of the, the little girl in India. Uh, and seeing what she could be and like, yeah, you know, who's on that plane? You know, all these types of people. That's you. You can be any one of those types of people like that belief. And he said, I, I thought you told the story this way. I'm like, that was another story. But there, and so I want to tell it to you. There was a, another girl who was there who, because she grew up in an atmosphere of uh, prostitution and like seeing all of this around her, her highest dream was to just escape that and be a maid. That's what she wanted. just want to be a maid. And in that environment, that was as much as she could dream. But then she got rescued. And from this rescuing, got in a new environment with new people. And you talk to her now and you ask her, what do you want to be? You know what it is? I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> See, this environment called out something out of her. This is why it's important you go to the right church. It'll call something out of you. Deep will call into deep. It'll call something out of you. It'll make you want to become more. You don't leave under you know, condemnation. You leave with a conviction of, my gosh, there's so much more. This is important. As you get in an environment where greatness is called out of you, and then you do the last two, uh, you begin to, to watch what you feed your mind, and you begin to watch what you do with your time. Uh, Paul wrote unto Timothy, uh, and watch what Paul writes to Timothy here. They'll put it up on the screens. I believe I gave it to you. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 13. He says, until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. Verse 14. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. Verse 15. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all. What's he telling Timothy? Timothy, there is more in you than what you're showing us. You have the potential to be more than what you are. Uh, you were born with things, but then also you had some people who put some things in you. Give that to the world, Timothy. And so what's he saying? In order for that to happen, you have to take pains to bring that out of you. Uh, and for, for all of us in here, it's not just enough to, to be around people who believe in us. And if you've never had those people who believe in you, you have a heavenly father who will. But out of those things, I just want to encourage you, like you must draw that out of you. You must go to work. We've got to pick wisdom before entertainment. If you want to release uh, who you are in this world, you've got, to, you've got to come to a place where you're choosing wisdom before entertainment, 
where you're choosing growth before comfort, where you're choosing prayer before conversation. You've got to come to a place where you're you're really diving over into God with decision-making and counsel before decision-making. I want to encourage you to like really take pains to release the greatness that is within you. Uh, and, and to really come to this place where you're mining these things out of your own soul. For some of you, I really think, and, and we won't be able to close with worship today because uh, I'm already going long, uh, but it's okay. For some of you, I think what you really need is just time really invested with your heavenly father to discover what is in you. And what is it that you're supposed to be bringing to the world and allow Uh, the Heavenly Father to rekindle some dreams, rekindle some desires, rekindle some, some, some wishes and some things that you know that God told you to bring to the world. And then once you, you have that scene, and maybe even today during our prayer time, in fact, we can do that when we open up the altar for prayer at the end of this service. Uh, that if you need the the hands of the presbytery to just come upon you and speak a blessing, or or maybe it turns into a word of prophecy that just calls something out of you, whatever it may be. But when you leave this place, it is not enough for others to give you the belief or for God to call those things that be not as though they were. He will call things out of you, but you must go on a personal journey of dedication to releasing that to the world. You have to allow your roots to go deep before the fruit can burst out and to go on this journey of giving us, giving me, giving our community the greatness that God has put on the inside of you. Miles basically ends his book with Rob the Grave. (laughs) I love that. Rob the Grave. Don't die with something still in you. Don't die with purpose still in you, with buildings still in you, with parks still in you, with residential housing programs still in you. Don't die with messages you haven't preached, and books you haven't written, and conversations you shouldn't have. I'm so thankful that Timothy did not die without Paul laying hands on him and putting something in that boy. Timothy needed Paul to release his greatness so that he could release his. We need you. I don't care who you are. We need you. And we need you to produce whatever is on the inside of you. To not um, look at yourself any longer and think that you're unnecessary or unworthy. To not throw away this or leave it on the table, but to believe there's something great in this. Something that is needed for this world to enjoy, to benefit from, and to be nourished by fight for it. Let me pray for you. I'll turn it over to Pastor Chase and he'll set up the prayer time for our elders to just pray for all of you. Father, I thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. I thank you so much uh, for the, the power and the potential that is within this room. And Father, I thank you that every person who is in here, every man, woman, boy and girl believes there is more in them that there is greatness within them, that if they're still alive, they're not finished, Uh, that there is something for them to produce, something for them to release. And Holy Spirit, I thank you in Jesus' name that you activate those things 
that you bring light to those things and that you help your people be carriers of these things and bring them to this earth. We love you, Father, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name.